You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Uh, we're still waiting on uh, Gus's uh, to answer the phone here. Before we get to a uh, Gus Cat and go down to the Big Easy, and we'll break down more of the, the Saints and, of course, the NFL. Uh, just taking a peek. Why don't we continue this at the Arkansas schedule for next year, the beginning? Because I made the argument come next year. We this debate with Morris and Orgeron. I like where I stand. So then you look at the schedule. The first three games, Arkansas, the Razorbacks are going to start three and zero. I've never been that big of an Arkansas fan, but I think you sound next like year, I'm going to have to start. You might as well get an Arkansas fan. So they're going to Eastern Illinois at home, tough game. Uh, at Colorado State, maybe a little tougher. Oh, stop. At home versus North Texas. So Morris is going to get this thing started. They're going to be 3-0 and to start next year. What, what does that prove then? Because then on the flip side, LSU in their first three games, uh, there's a good chance – that they're going to be one and two. I said they'll be two and one. Okay. They're either going to uh, Miami to start off with, neutral site game. Yeah. Manny, D- Manny D- Diaz and that defense with the Hurricanes versus an unestablished well. uh, offense from LSU. LSU plays well in those neutral site games. And then uh, they got some kind of cupcake thing. Yeah, I can't remember who they got the game. But then they have Auburn, Auburn. At, at Auburn. Auburn. And they, they don't play well at Auburn. Yeah. So I think they'll beat Miami and lose to Auburn. Yeah, Orgeron will be one and two, and the seat will be extremely hot at that point. And then he's going to have Louisiana Tech coming into his house. I'm I'm with you when when you said a, a while back that if Tech wins, he doesn't finish the year, yeah. especially if they're one and two. If they're yeah. one and two and they lose to Tech and uh, they're one and three, uh-huh. that's yeah, uh-huh. you can't you can't uh, rebound from that. Uh-huh. But this is all. I, I can't wait for football season. Yeah. It just ended, unfortunately. The problem with uh, Arkansas' schedule after those first three weeks, and then it gets Give it a, to me. The, the honeymoon may be over for right. Chad Morris. Uh, then they'll go to Auburn, and then they'll have that game against the Yaggies in uh, Jerry's World. And then they do get, uh, wow, four straight games at home, and it'll start with uh, Alabama, Ole Miss, Tulsa, Vandy. Yeah. So – if you look at this, and they get they get LSU at home, and their away games in conference uh, consist of uh, Mississippi State, uh, Auburn, and uh, Missouri. It's not it's it's a it's not a bad schedule. Yeah. It's it's really they're going to build favorable. momentum at the beginning of the year with a new coach and this high powered offense, and then John Chavis with the stingy D. Uh, <laughs> it could play very well for Arkansas. Yeah, stingy D. Yeah. Uh, I think Gus Cattengill joins us. Yes, Gus Cattengill joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline slash text line. How are you doing this morning, bud? Good, man. How are you? Hey, we were getting into a little bit of an argument about college football. We were trying to rank SEC coaches. Do you think I have a leg to stand on if I have Arkansas's new head coach, Chad Morris, ranked ahead of Ed Orgeron? Boy, um, I'll say this. <laughs> There's um, – Okay, well, let me ask you this, right? Uh, so when you're talking about coaches and you're talking about what they bring to the table, and it's kind of one of the issues that I know around here a lot of LSU fans have with Coach O and assistants and everything that's happened, obviously, with Canada and, you know, what a lot of people feel like you 
whether you're overpaying, you're doing whatever you have to to keep Aranda is, what, what do you bring to the table, right? So, you know, Chad Moore's had the, the, the high-powered offense. I mean, he turned down, what was it, Baylor a year ago, a Big 12 school to go there. So people came to him because of his offense, right? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, similarly, with any of the other coaches that have sort of been hired recently, they, they're bringing something to the table. They are offensive coordinators. They're play callers. They're bringing – a defense or an offense, right? They're defensive-minded, offensive-minded. Take a look at UCF. Why did they go get Frost in Nebraska? Look at the offense that UCF has had, and he's been in charge of it. The problem with O is he's not a coordinator. He's never been a coordinator. He's never been a play caller. He's never called the defense, never called the offense. So, you know, I, I mean, I'll say this. He's taken a program that, you know, has limitations enough to where two big schools have come out and offered him. And, you know, I mean, not to be ugly, but who's offering Coach O? I mean, that, that's kind of been part of the, the issues I think a lot of LSU fans had when he was hired, is that, you know, instead of a search and all that stuff, you, you, you kind of, hey, didn't get Herman, we'll give it to O immediately, kind of a thing. So, look, I this is what it is. Um, but, no, I, th- I absolutely think you have a, a leg to stand on. It's got some NFL players going out of there. Being in the American Conference, obviously, with Tulane, we've seen them firsthand. Um, you know, people can focus on a record here or there, but they improved every year they was there. And more importantly, even when they lost, they're putting up 30, 40 points a game. And, you know, I mean, whether it's LSU or Tulane, you know, that I covered, first down seemed like getting d- difficult to do. So, no, you got a leg to stand on. Look, he's going to have – you know, a little more recruiting, a little, little more um, money and, and facilities and things of that nature. So, you know, again, he hadn't coached a game in the SEC, but he's coached a lot. And like I said, a couple of – you had an SEC school go and hire him, and you had a Big 12 school want him. Gus was a great witness for me. He delivered right there, Jay, <laughs> as expected. Facts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, but uh, I guess we could say the Saints would have put up a better effort than uh, the Vikings did on Sunday. You know, it's interesting because yesterday on our show, I kind of threw that out there. Like, does it make you feel better? Do you think, you know, you would have done better or not? I Here's the thing when you take a look at it all, right? Every game, and this is why I've always said every game is different and starts of the game matter and things of that nature, but... Wow. I mean, Minnesota went up there and scored 7 nothing, right, immediately. Mm-hmm. So things are going well. What happened? Like, what took place? What happened? And what I think happened was interesting enough, and I want to say I said this to you guys last Tuesday and the Tuesday before that, you know, where it, it's incredible when you think about it that the number one seed in any conference, AFC, NFC, whatever, for the first time ever would be an underdog in their first divisional playoff game at home. They were against the sixth seeded Atlanta Falcons, a team that's been inconsistent, inconsistent, and they were the sixth seed having come off of a game or a six-point favorite. That's a lot. I mean, that's a ton. And they're, and then, you know, they're a sixth seed, and they were the, 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 the favorite. That was disrespectful, and I'm sure that motivated and galvanized the guys. Now, Julio Jones catches the ball and went through his hands to touchdown. Atlanta's in the NFC Championship game, right? I mean, Julio Jones, the ball went through his hands. Um, you look at the Saints. They convert on that third down. And, you know, there were two of nine. We talked about this last week. If they convert on that third down, 
Will Lutz is kicking that field goal probably as time expires, either good or bad. Marcus Williams, 99.5 out of 100 times, doesn't make the play he makes to allow Diggs to score the touchdown. It's Falcon Saints. But one team made plays, the other didn't, and you had Eagles and Vikings. And um, Again, Philly was an underdog. And, look, you heard them talk about it at the end of the game, that they were tired of it. They couldn't believe it. And I, you know, like I said, I talked to you about it the last couple of weeks. I'm like, yes, Carson Wentz is, is good. And I think, Aaron, the way I approached it, I asked you, I said, if, if Carson Wentz was playing, would we even be having this discussion? And you said no. I, th- I think we all said no, right? Like, mm-hmm. people thought the Saints had a chance because Carson Wentz got hurt. If he wasn't hurt, I don't think Saints fans would think they could have won the NFC Championship this year. That's my point. Yes, he's good. He's an MVP candidate, right? The rest of the team is pretty good. I mean, they've had to be pretty good to have that many. I think Foles lost one game. He won the other games. They may not have looked good in it, but they won those games. So what does that tell you? That tells you the rest of the team is good. And he just got in there thrusted late in the season when you're playing division opponents in week 13 or game 13. So, you know, you got to give him some growth. And, we, I, you know, I don't know if we forget, but in 2013 – you remember the stories before the Saints went up to Philly and played them? I mean, the same high school and, you know, Foles and Breeze, very similar. And, I mean, Foles had a tremendous year that year, and then it dropped off. You know, he changed coaches, changed this, changed that, you know, what have you. So, dude, he played his butt off in, in that game. I, I was like, if you like sports, you have to how – how can you not root for that guy? I think he was dropping dimes. He didn't just hand the ball off and, you know, hope his defense got him out of there. Guys, they took their foot off the gas. They could have hung 50 against that defense. But you know what, Aaron? I said it Tuesday, last week. The key, Minnesota could not convert third downs. Philly, 10 of 14. You kept Minnesota off the field, couldn't get into a rhythm, and you wore that good defense down no matter how good you are. The number one defense in the NFL, 10 of 14, that's killing them. That is absolutely killing them. Gus, I know uh, we played a number of clips, and I know you dissected the season-ending press conferences with uh, a number of the Saints, including Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Was there anything that really stood out to you, what was said about this team and this franchise moving forward? I think the thing that stood out is that everyone believes that this team has talent. I mean, we're going to see it on Sunday, right? You know, um, half a dozen uh, Saints players in the Pro Bowl, so they're out there, and you know, it, it was funny because I, I already started, I, not the panic mode, but it, it's funny, isn't it, Aaron? Like, the, the week or the day the Pro Bowl comes out or the next day, how did somebody didn't get in? I can't believe Saints didn't have one or only had three or whatever, right? You know how that is. Mm-hmm. And now the week of the Pro Bowl, it's what? Because I got it already. I got texts. I got phone calls yesterday. I don't know about you. It's, hey, one series and we're good. You know, <laughs> one series for Alvin Kamara, we're good. How about just the screen and have him go out of bounds? We're good. Lattimore, we didn't need him backpedaling. No Achilles here. Just just go out there, guard one, and just call it a day. I mean, Cam Jordan, don't bat a ball down because your finger would get torn off because that's how it works with the Saints, right? You don't get an ankle sprain. You get an ankle tear. You don't get a, you know, a hamstring pull. It comes completely off the bone, and you're done for the year. You don't get a... You know, a jammed thumb or finger, it's dislocated for months. I mean, it's, 
so it's just funny. I was having fun with the injuries that the Saints had this year, how none of them were like weeks. They were season-ending injuries. And I was like, you know what? Those players that are in the Pro Bowl are kind of the cornerstone in keys. That's kind of going to be my question to my show today. What are the cornerstone pieces of this franchise moving forward? Because I, what I find interesting is I do feel whether it's Sunday or whether it's moving forward, is number nine even mentioned in a lot of different things? Think about that, right? Because when he used to play in these Pro Bowl games, we would say, please don't get hurt, right? We can't, Breeze can't get hurt. Mind you, it was February or January, and the season didn't start to September, but fans were worried that he'd get injured for next year. And I want to say probably this year, I don't know if he's first, right? Aaron, who's first of the Saints Pro Bowlers playing Sunday that you absolutely cannot get hurt? Probably Camara. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then probably Lattimore next, right? I mean, yeah. I just, that's what I'm getting at. It's like, nah, Drew's got hurt. Well, you know, he's got time. <laughs> I don't know. It's, just, it's crazy, though, right? I mean, like, you don't need a blown knee. You don't need an Achilles. I mean, it's like, it's, it was nuts yesterday thinking about it because that's what I took out of it is that this franchise, I think you can say, definitely is transitioning, if not has transitioned to a younger core of talent and players that will lead the Saints to a Super Bowl win. Don't misunderstand me. I don't think Drew can't drive the team there, but the engine, the tires, the tinted windows, maybe the nice stereo, that, that's the rest of that young nucleus core. Wouldn't you agree? Mm-hmm. All I'm thinking is somebody's going to get hurt now in the Pro Bowl, and I'm going to go that's all <laughs> This is how I think, right Darren. This is, this is how I think during the show. <laughs> you just jinxed the heck out of him. <laughs> hey, bud, we want to hear more from you. What do we need to do later today? One to three, man. Uh, ESPN1003.com. You can click listen live there. The easiest way to do it is to tune in radio apps absolutely free. Just type us in ESPN New Orleans, ESPN1003, or follow us on Twitter at ESPN Radio NOLA, or myself, at GCAT underscore 17, and we'll be posting questions like that throughout the day, man. Thanks, bud. We'll get some uh, Super Bowl predictions from you next week. Thank you. For sure, man. Thank you. That's Cat and Go from uh, ESPN 100.3 in New Orleans. Real quick, uh, Baseball America's poll just dropped. Uh-huh. SEC West has five teams in the top 25. Uh-huh. Eight SEC teams ranked in the top 25. Where was LSU at? LSU was 17 in that poll. Uh, they were 16 in the D1 baseball poll earlier this week. A couple, one, just real quickly on college baseball. If you didn't see yesterday, it came out uh, the Leger kid from uh, ULL, the, one of the best pitchers, the best pitcher in uh, the Sun Belt, one of the best pitchers in the country. He'll actually be redshirting this year for uh, two different injuries, one with his shoulder, the other one with his leg. That is a big blow for the Cajuns. They thought perhaps he could be back in time for the end of the year. Then they were like, well, Let's just hold him out this year, the decision with the family, him come back at full speed for next year. Huge blow, but I don't think you'll get much sympathy from these parts. <laughs> that is true. And then, of course, with his father leaving ULM to go down and join the Cajun mm-hmm. staff, also the football staff. So. Yeah. So. 888-993-7762. we got a number of uh, texts to get to. We'll do that after the break at 830. We always look forward to catching up with Louisiana Tech head coach Eric Conkle. The morning drive back after this. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, 
SUV, the king of the road car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road car king. Growth, efficiency, professionalism, qualified staff. It's what all healthcare facilities are aspiring for, and that is what we do. Legacy Rehabilitation, offering physical, occupational, and speech therapy solutions for a wide variety of healthcare facilities, including acute care hospitals, inpatient rehab, long term care facilities, and outpatient therapy clinics. Whether you have staffing, management, or consulting needs, Legacy is awaiting your call. Call 318 255 5980 for more information or visit legacyrehab.net. Legacy Rehabilitation. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. When people get sick, they need a doctor. When cars get sick, they need Autoplex Automotive. So if your check engine light comes on, you have an electrical problem, need brake work, or just an inspection sticker, they do it all. They're a full service shop that can perform any BG service and stand behind their work with a parts and labor warranty. They even offer towing service. Autoplex Automotive, 1515 Cypress Street, West Monroe. When your car's sick, call 855-4483. Now, let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. All right, Jake, you want to get back into these texts? Yes. Um, this is a really good one from Dwayne. Yeah. Good job, Dwayne. He asks, if you put Orgeron or Morris at Kentucky, who wins more ball games? He says, my guess, Morris by a lot. Because that is ultimately, you're talking about your coach. And, and you got to start fresh. Yes. Both of them have to start fresh. Yes. Who has more success? You give Orgeron or Morris the Kentucky job, who's going to win more ball games? And you're saying. It's, now, this is going to hurt your argument. I'm well, the witness. No, here's now. the thing. Here, it's a, but it's a different argument than the one we're talking about. Well, isn't it always with coaches think, saying, I'll take yours, you take mine, we'll see how we do? But here's the thing, though. I, yeah, coaches need to be adaptable, but every coach has their own style, yeah. and their teams are built. And the college game is all about recruiting anyway. Exactly. So how, how much time are we giving? I think Orgeron would be able to recruit anywhere. They could be able to recruit at Kentucky. But this is what I go back to. Yeah, Morris might win more. Okay, I'll, I'll, oh, I'll concede that. Oh, oh. I'll concede that, especially earlier. Um, but – my whole argument is it's you have to blend it. You have to blend the projection, plus you have to blend who has accomplished more, which is my question. Which, Who has accomplished more between Morris and Orgeron? Already, who has accomplished more? Answer that. Uh, he was a... Uh you know, the offensive coordinator Aaron, of the year Aaron, as a head in, coach, in the country. As a head coach on the college level, who has accomplished more? Orgeron's had more opportunities, so it would be Orgeron. Okay, so that's a, that's a Orgeron. Okay, good. So Johnny Cochran over here with a <laughs> cross examination. <laughs> I'm just saying, 
<laughs> it's a, it's a, you know, you can split this a lot of different ways, and sure, Morse is going to have the advantage in some of these, but you know, Orgeron has advantages as well. Yeah. Uh, Bama Jim says, "Little fella, yeah, need a coach. Hire a Bama defense coach." Uh, defense ain't that big of an issue at LSU. You do have David. Well, he was. I think he was referencing the Kirby Smart argument, yeah. Um, yeah. which, yeah, that that was the way to go for Georgia for mm-hmm. sure. And uh, Sam says, uh, you know, we talked about. That's the first three games for both teams. Arkansas should start out three and zero. They've got some cupcakes, uh, some cupcakes, uh, and LSU's got a tough, you know, Miami and Auburn in the first three. And Sam says if they are one and two, and then they lose to Tech and go one and three, he doesn't make it to game five, let alone finish the season, which was the argument we both had. I, I think we're all in agreement there. Listen, he, you got Miami and Auburn two of the first three. That's got to be the toughest schedule in the entire country, even uh, though yeah, one of them is a the neutral side game. You got Georgia and Alabama waiting for you after that. I mean, come on, it's no, it's no, no doubt the toughest schedule. And uh, FS says if Chavis is your DC, you need a high-powered offense. That was the reference when I was making about Morrison this year. The fact that they're going to score some points with the Razorbacks, and then you bring in Chavis and uh, uh, his track record. Uh, it's fallen on hard times considering what he did with the Aggies over the course of the last what three years. Here's another good question. This one's posed by Aaron. Who will have their job longer, Coach O or Morris? Uh, I that's a no-brainer too. I yeah. mean, Morris is going to get a lot of rope. I mean, he, he literally he's going to get four or five years. And but but you got to look at this too. Expectations are different at Arkansas and LSU. Yeah. Expectations are different. Arkansas would kill for ten wins every season. LSU fans got so spoiled that that wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think if you're if you're looking at it. Also, you know, look at this year, and Arkansas' schedule is favorable. You know, Morris inherited a great schedule in his year, in his first year, and Orgeron has got one of the toughest schedules in the country, if not the toughest. Um, and I would say LSU's toughest schedule since 2011. So that's that's not doing Orgeron any favors. And I think that's, you know, if you want to go back to the Ensminger thing, I think that's why he wanted Ensminger because he knows this is such a tough schedule. I want my guy, if I fail at this, I want my guy in there. I want to fail with my guy. Mm. And so I think Oliva you know, allowed him to do that, but that, that surely shortened his rope. So, sure, Morris would probably win that argument as well. I'm not conceding anything. Let me ask you this. So we just had Gus on, yeah, and he talked about how, you know, Morris offers the offense, right? When you're looking at coaches, what can they offer? What can they bring to my team? You know, he talked about Scott Frost going to Nebraska, bringing that offense that he showcased at UCF. And we're moving toward an offensive game. I mean, the game gets more and more um, – the game caters more and more to offenses every year, okay? That's what's made Chad Morris more valuable in most people's eyes than Orgeron. But I'll argue this. Orgeron might not be a coordinator, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But he is, and I still go back to this, one of the best recruiters in the country. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said about that. So let me ask you this. But I go back to the point where he said, I am the CEO and I'm gonna bring in coordinators and I'm gonna let them do their jobs. That is something that I learned when I was at old Miss. I didn't let the coordinators take the responsibility and the ownership. I didn't give them enough rope. So then what does he do immediately when he becomes the full-time head coach at LSU? He thought he learned from his mistakes. All of a sudden, he starts tinkering with the offense and doesn't give Matt Canada that rope that he promised okay, and okay. he deserved. 
big misstep, but how much of that was on Canada? How disrespectful was Canada behind closed doors? We don't know. Because and, – and I pose that because you see it on the defensive side. He allows Aranda to do everything. He doesn't interfere. He lets Aranda run the show. And it's because, A, Aranda is the, the best, in my eyes, the best coordinator, defensive coordinator. And it's because Aranda is respectful and seems to be easy to work with. Now, still, you should allow, even if Canada is arrogant and obnoxious, you should still allow him to run his offense. That's what you hired him for. Uh, it's not about whether you can be friends. It's about coexisting and hmm. and you know achieving the, the desired goal together. I just find it interesting. Two uh, listeners call in or they text in uh, questions, and you side both on Morris's side. No, with the I'm, two I'm questions. getting to. I'm, I got a little side shot right there, but I'm getting to to the point here. I got well, him rattled on the stand. <laughs> no, I'm not rattled at all. I I, I could talk about this forever. My my question was going to be: Would you rather? A coach is going to guarantee you a boost in offense, or would you rather a coach that's going to guarantee you athletes? And I'm talking about elite level recruiter mm-hmm. that. Uh, okay, well Miles was an elite level recruiter. Sure, he showed the ability to get in some uh, unbelievable athletes. All you got to look at is the number of uh, players that are left for the draft early under his tenure now with Orgeron. But ultimately, it came back, even if you have an elite athlete or an elite quarterback coming out of high school, can you develop that athlete to fit into the college system? Yeah, and, and here's my thing, too. That's what you have this, these coordinators for, okay? This is what hurts my argument, because I think I could go all the way and win this if Orjan didn't interfere with Canada. If I were if I were to pose the question like this, and let's just forget about what just happened with, with, with Orjan and Canada. Would you rather a coach that's going to guarantee a boost in offense or a coach that's going to guarantee you elite-level talent that allows coordinators to coach their positions? Mm-hmm. Which would you rather? And I think you can make positive arguments for either either one. What hurts me is because is what just happened with Canada. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't fully say that and say that's what you're getting with Orgeron because 2017 proves otherwise. And so that does hurt hurt my argument a bit, but I do believe that if you got if he got another coordinator in there, one to his liking, uh, one. Well, he's got it. He's got Insminger. He's got Insminger. I think he's going to let Insminger run the show. Oh, now they're buddies. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of input. And Steve Insminger has said in the press conferences that he wants that input, especially from the other offensive coaches. Um, but I don't know. I, I wish I had another year to see if Orjon actually did that, so I could pose that. And, uh, you can weigh in like Shane C. did. He says in two years, Morris may be better, but not yet. There and that's that's my whole argument. He may be better in two years, but right now, Orgeron has accomplished more. And that's why he deserves to be ranked higher than Morris. And that's the end of my argument. But then also part of your argument was you were going on projections, and that's why Kirby Smart was ranked number two. It was, it was both. It was a mixture. It was a mixture. And that's why um, – Morris is actually, I think I had him at nine. That's why I had him at nine over guys like Mark Stoops. Mark Stoops has accomplished more than Morris, but I think Chad Morris will be successful eventually. And I had Moorhead pretty high because I think he's going to be um, successful down the road. But hit, hit us up, Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline slash text line, 888-993-7762. Coming up next, uh, our Louisiana Tech reporter Eric Conkle joins us for his weekly visit. Dogs coming off two impressive home wins. We're back after this. 
Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Does your job have any New Year's resolutions? Here's an important one every business should consider. Make your hiring process more efficient and effective this year by letting ZipRecruiter help. No one has done a better job of transforming how you find the right talent than they have. ZipRecruiter posts your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just one click. Then ZipRecruiter actively looks for the most qualified candidates and invites them to apply. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other hiring sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on the right candidate to find you. It finds them. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So find out why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes and industries to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right. I said it free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. One more time. Try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. Don't get blindsided by health care costs. Call Vantage Health Plan today. We've teamed up with a network of local providers in order to provide better health care to our area. Vantage crushes the competition with affordable plans. Find out more information on how to join our winning team. Call Vantage Health Plan today at 1-888-823-1910 or go online to VantageHealthPlan.com. Local Sports Talk is on the air on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the morning drive on the all-new Sports Talk 97.7. Today's Louisiana Tech Report brought to you by Legacy Rehab. They offer physical, occupational, and speech therapy solutions for many of our local health care facilities, whether it's sports medicine, pediatrics, or chronic pain management. Legacy covers it all. Serving locations in Ruston, Monroe, Bastrop, Palmerville, Bernice, Menon, and South Arkansas. Call 255-5980 for more information. Eric Conkle joins us for his weekly visit on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. How are you doing this morning, Coach? I'm doing well, Aaron. How are you today? Good. i got to be honest. I sure do enjoy these conversations a lot more after you guys win two ball games. Yeah, me too. Makes it a lot more fun, for sure. <laughs> uh, what was the scene like uh, Saturday night uh, after another win as you guys get back on track, uh, win two games this week? Uh, what kind of was it? Uh, excitement or relief? Combination of both for this team. Well, I think a little bit of both. But I, you know, I think more than anything, Aaron, we've got uh, we've got a young group of guys that are that are getting better. And uh, we've, we've been improving. Um, it's nice to see that improvement um, result in, in wins here at home. Uh, I thought our crowd was fantastic. The energy in the building was tremendous and a huge lift for our team. All right, let's uh, back uh, track just a, a, a hair. We go back to last Thursday, a real squeaker. He had to sweat it out. And, of course, uh, Anthony DeRucci uh, named the Conference USA Freshman Player of the Week. He had a big performance on Thursday, followed up Saturday. Thursday, he makes uh, two pressure-packed free throws in the closing seconds of that ball game. First of all, uh, your takeaways from that game, a game that you had to lead and then they came back on you, but ultimately you were able to pull off the victory. Well, Thursday's game was, I think, just 
hugely important for us. We had um, come on the short end of some several close games uh, throughout this year. Uh, we had a lead, made some mistakes, had some costly turnovers that North Texas was able to get back into the game. And then we were able to make some big plays down the stretch on both ends of the floor, offensively and defensively. And uh, to be down one with seven seconds to go, execute a play very well, get fouled, and have a young freshman knock down two free throws with under a second to go was was huge. And certainly a, a moment Anthony will always remember and something that our entire team can build off of. How do you handle a situation like that with a freshman stepping into the line in that moment? Do you say something to him? Do you give a nod? Or how do you handle it with a kid? Well, there was a uh, North Texas had called timeout to freeze him, and uh, he comes over to the sideline, and you could tell he was thinking about it, and I, I just smiled at him and I said, Hey, Anthony, is there any other place you'd rather be right now? Isn't this great? And uh, he had a big smile on his face and uh, uh, went out and calmly knocked down the two free throws. So he's... Um, you know, he's growing with every practice, with every game, and uh, you know those were big. And he also said afterwards, it's basically the first time in his athletic career that has ever taken place where he's been at the free throw line with the game on the line from the charity stripe. Just curious, uh, we're talking about the Conference USA Freshman of the Week this week. Uh, he's from Germantown, Maryland. What was the recruiting process like with him? Well, uh, I had known of Anthony for a very long time. In fact, even before I came to Louisiana Tech, um, he, uh, a coach that I had known from my time up at, at George Mason and living in that region, uh, was aware of Anthony and just said, hey, this, this young man's got a chance. He's athletic. He's a great kid. And, uh, and then Tony Skin on our staff coached him in AAU many years ago. So there was a connection there. Uh, I probably called Anthony, I think, on my third day as the head coach at Louisiana Tech, and he actually committed before even visiting campus. He just was. He, we had a real connection with him and our staff. And, uh, and then when him and his mother came to Ruston on their visit, they just absolutely loved the place. So we're we've known about him, recruited him for a very long time, and certainly happy that he's here. You knew the freshmen were very impressive on Thursday, but when you looked at the stat sheet and saw what uh, 51 of the 66 came from the freshman class, it had to startle you a little bit. It did. You know. I, it's one of those things where, um, you know, you, you think that they can help. You think that they can contribute. They've been thrust into a, an elevated role, a role bigger than I anticipated at the beginning of the year. And on a night where Jacoby Boykins was uh, hampered with a lot of different injuries and, and getting knocked out, poked in the eye and out of the game for a while, they really stepped up, all four of them, and their contributions uh, could be measured in so many ways and also the intangible ways of really lifting our team to, to that victory on Thursday night. Uh, I know you're excited to get back on track Thursday night, but also with a young team, how would they respond after a little bit of success? Uh, the performance on Saturday, the fact you hold a rise to 54 points, uh, perhaps one of your better defensive performances of the year? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, not in the first eight minutes or so. The first eight minutes, Rice came out firing and connecting on a lot of shots. Um, you know, I, I, on Friday, we really wanted to address with the team about, you know, Rice's record may not reflect exactly how they play. They, they've got a lot of offensive firepower. They shot threes at all five positions. Uh, we had to be ready, and I, I thought we were. I was I was uh, pleased with their practice habits on Friday and the shoot-around Saturday. Um, we didn't come out executing as well defensively, but once we settled in, I, I thought that we, we strung together about uh, 35 minutes of some of our best defense of the year. 
All right, this week only one game on the schedule. It'll be Saturday against Southern Miss at home. How nice is this to have a little bit of a break after winning two games and kind of get everybody refocused on the task at hand? Well, this is this is important for us. We, we get a chance to, to try to get healthy, um, you know, much like a football bye week where you, you've got guys that are banged up. Um, you get a chance to taper practice and do practices a little bit different and also work on some special situations and some different things along with skill development. Um, take Wednesday off and then really have your two days of game prep Thursday, Friday to get ready for Southern Miss on Saturday. But we've got a good Southern Miss team coming in. Uh, it'll take all of our attention Thursday and Friday. But in the meantime, we're trying to tighten up our skill development, get healthy, and, and uh, make ourselves better. Coach, the million-dollar question. I'm sure everybody asks it wherever, everywhere you go. Uh, the status of uh, Bracey and how important he is to get a healthy Daquan back on the court. Well, he's he's still um, really the status is the same. You know, he's um, he, I don't know if I'd say doubtful for Saturday or day to day. He's getting better though. I will say that, and uh, we're just trying to be very careful with him. Our, our ultimate goal is to get him to a place where he can practice every day and play without pain and discomfort rather than play and then be knocked out for three, four days like he's been. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's working hard with all the, the exercises and the, and the rehab and the different things that he's been asked to do. Uh, but there's no question he's a big part of our team, and we'd love to have a healthy Daquan Bracey back in the lineup. Coach, it's been a little bit of a roller coaster ride for your squad this year. Just curious, how do you – not carry those emotions home considering you may be at a high following this past weekend or the lows of what took place on the road. How, how as a person or as a coach are you able to stay relatively even keel? Well, I think, um, you know, I, I keep a very short view of, um, you know, of our, our process and how we need to get better. Um, you know, I also view very much of, uh, you know, the highs and the lows and everything like that. It's, uh, th- this is a long-term process. Um, with how we want to develop our team and our program. And we tell our team, and I tell our coaches all the time, all we can control is what we can control. And that's our attitude and effort every day. That's our preparation. That's uh, injuries and everything else. We can't, can't control that so much. So, um, you know, our guys are very focused on getting better every day. And, again, that's all we can control. So we're, we're excited about the opportunity to practice this afternoon and prepare for that. And, and get ourselves better. And we feel like if we keep chipping away at that every single day, well, the score will take care of itself, and we're, we're going to be as good as we can be. And that's, that's, that's our mission. Coach, as always, we appreciate the time. Congratulations on the uh, two wins, and good luck against Southern Miss at home on Saturday. We'll see you later today at the Presser. Sounds great. Thank you, Aaron. Eric Conkle, Louisiana Tech's head coach, joining us for his weekly visit, the Louisiana Tech Report, on Tuesdays around 8.30 or so. We got a number of uh, college basketball games tonight. Uh, LSU will also be trying to get back on track, but it won't be easy against a Texas A&M squad. No, uh, you got LSU, A&M. You got Kansas, Oklahoma leading into that, by the way, which is a pretty big one. I know you you watched a little bit the other day and uh, a little bit of Oklahoma, and you you weren't too impressed. It didn't sound like. But LSU, um, you know, you look at this game. It's a it's a must win in my eyes, simply because. You got to reestablish that momentum. You know, this is the first time Will Wade's lost three conference games ever uh, in a row, and so you know, you got a three-game skid. A and M comes in. They started 0-5, but they've won two straight. They're getting a little bit healthier. Uh, some changes. I expect some changes to the lineup because 
uh, Randy uh, Amasar, when he's on the floor, defense is just so much better. They've got some uh, they got some really cool um, statistics, like on and off the court statistics. Aaron, I don't know if you ever pay attention to those, but the team is just so much better when he's on the court, and so much so that uh, the media actually asked Will Wade about that, and he said, "Yeah, I'm the I'm the dummy who hadn't been playing him enough." And so I expect him he might even start tonight, just because the defense is way better with him on the floor. And Tremont Waters has been in somewhat of a slump, but still the Maybe offense. Maybe like the freshman wall. Yeah, but 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 still, you know, if you look at those statistics, the offense is still way better with him on the court, even if he is missing shots. And so sooner or later, you know, those shots are going to start to fall, and when they do, I expect LSU to uh, to pick up a, a couple more wins. But yeah, this is a big one tonight. You got A and M again, and this is this is kind of where you started that momentum a couple weeks ago with with, with Tremont Waters' miracle shots. Um, you know, you, you got to hope that you can kind of reestablish that momentum after dropping three in a row. Mm. What time's that tip tonight? 8 p.m. Wow. Yeah. ESPNU. ESPN? Oh, ESPNU. Yeah. <laughs> Don't turn your nose up at ESPNU. At least it's not on Watch ESPN. You could actually watch it. <laughs> Oklahoma, Kansas, they're not on ESPNU. Are they? No, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. But I was talking to you the other day, or yesterday, I think it was, and you, you weren't too impressed with Young, it sounded like. Yeah, I mean, how many points did he end up? 43. I mean, he took like 48 shots. Yeah. But uh, statistically, the numbers look good. He's the new Kobe. Yeah. <laughs> 48 shots. That's what they ask him to do, though. They, they want shoot him. it 48 times? They want him to shoot it. That's a great offense. As many times as they can. <laughs> they really do. That's what they ask him to do. 888-993-7762. We'll get you your text after the break, plus our parting shots. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. Hi, I'm Greg Tilly in Bossier City. For 40 years now, we've been awarded the biggest volume dealer with the most competitive pricing in the United States. How about a brand new double wide, finished sheetrock and loaded for only $62,995. See it at Tilly'sHomes.com or visit us in Bossier City. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Peace of mind goes a long way when you have the number one rated gun safe, a Liberty gun safe from McKinney Honda. Here's Richie McKinney. We now have over 100 gun safes in stock in 20 different models that range from 12 to 64 gun capacity. 
They're all fireproof, USA made, and have a lifetime warranty. And prices start at just $3.99. 12 months, same as cash financing, and delivery is available. For when the unexpected happens, McKinney's has you covered with a Liberty Gun Safe, your outdoor superstore, Rustin. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to The Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. All right, before we get to our parting shots, uh, let's clean it up a little bit with uh, the number of texts here. One, uh, we were talking about LSU and Ed Orgeron, Matt Canada, Dave Aranda, the situation uh, says here, how about an athletic director with a clue that might help? It might help a little bit. Uh, Larry Monroe also has a text. No one really knows how great Matt Canada would have been. Am I the only one who saw that the offense of Matt Canada really was just, as Nick Saban said, a lot of movement eye candy? Well, no, I think everybody understands that. Uh, maybe LSU didn't have enough athletes to run the offense, still eye candy. Yeah, that's what it's all about. It's all about deception and movement and creating mismatches and imbalances. Yeah, that's what it's all about. That's and, why it was successful. And it does appear that Canada will be – he's moved on from LSU, but he'll land another job. He'll be at Maryland by all reports, and it should be official either today or tomorrow. Yeah, the third offensive coordinator to go there since Gary Croden. It is part of Parting Shots. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Minnesota! Well, I'm going to tell you what, Channel 8, they've been packed it in, too. They didn't get any of this on camera. We got it. Oh, my God. Davis is going to oh run it all the way back. Oh, no. Oh, no. my God. Oh, my gosh, no. I have lost my voice in excitement. I'm sick. I want to throw up. All right, Jake, uh, before we get into some uh, NFL sound and hear from one of our favorites, Doug Peterson. So I'm trying to get back into the, on the treadmill, especially as it's been cold in the last two weeks. It never ceases to amaze me, and I work at the Wellness Center, and on the treadmill, we, literally, there's 12 or 13 channels. So mm-hmm. I'm flipping around, and you only get one sports channel, and that being ESPN. But I still am having a hard time. And when I'm trying to work out and try to distract myself as I'm huffing and puffing. So first take is on. And and I, I try the my hardest to try to stay on there. And then I'm flipping around, and I said, you know, I should be engaged and I should want to watch this. But I find myself, I mean, yesterday I was watching American Pickers. I picked American Pickers <laughs> over first take. What is wrong with me or what is wrong uh, with that show? It's the show. It's the show. Not No disrespect to watch. American Pickers. Yeah. No, no. We know there's a lot of American Pickers fans out there. But <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't watch that show. I don't watch the Undisputed show at Skip Bayless. Uh-huh. I just think... They, well, somebody's watching them. Somebody, yeah. I mean, I, listen. I like talk shows like that. I just like it when they talk about sports. Uh, on one show, on first take, they get so political, right? Uh, I mean, it's always you know, should so and so be offended, blah blah uh-huh. blah blah. I don't care. I want to talk about sports. And then the other one talks a little bit more about sports, but Skip is so outlandish and just will say anything to. Well, one text today said that I. They didn't really thought, think that I believe that Morris is a better coach than Ed Orgeron. I truly believe that. Whatever I say, I really believe. Yeah. I'm not just throwing it out there just to, oh, this will make a good debate or to go the other angle. No, I, I truly believe No, that. and that's why we kind of clean. Anytime you and I disagree, we agree on a lot of stuff. Anytime you and I disagree on something, that's why we talk about it a lot because 
I think that's uh, interesting because we both bring up, try to bring up good points about our side of the debate, and you know, people chime in and you know, they offer good points as well. But it's not something where we're trying to, you know, get interaction just by saying something like throw, like as Nick Saban would say, throwing blank at the wall and seeing if it sticks. Mm. We're not doing that. We're we're saying what we actually think and feel. All right. So if you're flipping around and you have these options, you ready? First take. Dog the bounty hunter. Oh God! Uh, forty-eight hours. I don't. That, forty-eight hours, not the one on CBS. The one where there's a crime and they have oh, forty-eight. Oh yeah, that's a good show. That's the problem. Show. I, this is the deal I find with A and E is they've got a number of good shows, especially, but it's like no rhyme or reason when you can find them, especially right. in the morning. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then the, there's always a home improvement show on. That is one of the channels. Do you pick one of the home improvement channels over first take? Uh, you're not probably not into those yet. You being not, a millennial, well, being a youngster, I, I can watch those. Um, which is, I'm trying to think of the one that my wife watches that isn't bad. Uh, um, the couple from Waco, probably. Yeah, I think they got a divorce. No, 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 well, no. One of them got a divorce. Yeah, that was you know what I'm uh, about? sadly almost their names are on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. Anyway, that show wasn't too bad. Uh, <laughs> I think it was Fixer Upper. Is yeah. that what it was? That was not bad. I, I kind of like that. The fact that you buy a home and try to improve it and then sell it and gain. You know, My point being, profit. if there was a point, I almost got to the point where I'm watching The View over First Take, and that's pretty bad. The View? <laughs> Dude, I'll, I'll watch First Take over The View, my friend. <laughs> I'll watch Skip Bayless over The View. 888-993-7762. Doug Peterson, uh, major storyline, what he's done in Philadelphia in just uh, two years, are uh, pretty darn incredible. So now they are really playing this underdog role. And they they're playing now they are. extremely play well. Uh, you know, two weeks in a row at home, the underdog. Now they got to go to Minneapolis and play the mighty Patriots, a five and a half point favorite. I think a lot of that has to do with just the respect that Brady and Belichick get. Absolutely. I mean, Does anybody they, that want to watch what Philadelphia did last week against Minnesota, you gotta like their chances. Yeah, I just don't think there's much faith that he can Nick Foles can play like that again. Right, it seems like lightning in a bottle, mm. right? And I think if you play that game a couple more times, it's it's. I'm not saying it's a different outcome in the result. I just think it's a, a much more competitive game. So we just discounting whatever he did in what 2013 with Chip Kelly and the gaudy numbers that he put up, what 27 touchdowns, I think four interceptions. We're just saying that that was just a fluke from Foles. No, but you got to admit that that was four years ago. It's amazing that it took him such little time to get back into the rhythm of things and play at that high level. And I and my other point was I don't think anyone believes that the Eagles are actually that much better than the Vikings. Mm. That much better. They might be better, but I think you know, I don't know. I just think I look at the Vikings and I just still have more faith in Case Keenum. It sounds silly because we just saw it play out. We just saw what Nick Foles did to that mighty. Minnesota defense, but I still go back to the Xavier Rhodes injury. You know, he was banged up, and I think that had a, a big impact. But still, got to give Nick Foles his due. Play tremendous. We'll see if he can do it on the grandest stage of them all at the Super Bowl against the Mighty Patriots. Doug Peterson yesterday was asked about being the underdog once again. Uh, it's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. And to have, you know, played here a long time ago and, and, and to kind of experience the passion then uh, to what they're feeling today, um, I'm excited for them, for our fans. And, uh, you know, they're a lot like 
a lot like us. I mean, we've been underdogs, you know, for the last couple of weeks, and and um, you know our fans feel that and they understand that. The disparity between uh, Doug Peterson and the Philadelphia fan base. I mean, Doug just gets up there, cool, calm, collective. It seems like really nothing rattles him. And then you look at that fan base and, you know, one incompletion and they turn against you. Yeah. Um, you, you told me off air, you said, give him two years, so he'll, he'll be in trouble. Which sounds silly. He's yeah. in the Super Bowl. Well, and then I, made, I said, you know, Carson Wentz gets hurt. And I said, well, that happened that this happened. year. <laughs> and look at how he was able to rally this team. Yeah. Um, the point is, they turn fans on are fickle. Yeah. Yes, they are very fickle. Um, but the beauty for Doug is, I mean, the fact that he led this team to the Super Bowl, if things do turn south in two, three years, just on his track record and what he did with the Eagles, he's going to now land another gig. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. we're talking about a guy, he's literally one game in that way from being you know, in the, one of the elite, of club, elite clubs, the fact that you'd be a coach that won a Super Bowl. And let's not just graze over the fact that they lost an MVP candidate, yeah. probably the MVP in Carson Wentz, and here they are still on track, still in the Super Bowl. Amazing. Mm. Uh, he was asked about uh, the Patriots and, of course, the Pats' way and what he thinks of what Bill Belichick and Tom Brady have done. I think everybody in the league sort of envies the success to some extent, and and rightfully so. They they you know they've they've been there, done that many times, and and that's something that every other team you know would would love to have. We're just going to prepare the same and and try to block out all the noise. There's going to be a lot you know written, uh, probably both extremes, you know. Um, but again, our guys have been resilient. They've been able to block that noise out. And, and, you know, once the ball is teed up and kicked off, um, you know, um, just trust our players, trust our schemes, and, and, and play football. Peterson and the Eagles rolling up their sleeves, going back to work. Of course, uh, now uh, two weeks to prepare for the big game. I think we'll talk a little bit about more about this game over the course of the next uh, 10 days. Yes, I think we will. Uh, we talked about LSU versus Texas A&M tonight. A couple of uh, big high school games, including uh, Natchitoches Central, the top-ranked team in 5A, making a trip to West Monroe. Chiefs got the best of the Lions on Saturday. Now the Rebels get their crack at them. Rebels get their crack at home. Big home game. Also got uh, several other big-time matchups, including Tensaw Delhi. Tensaw Delhi should be a pretty good, both on the boys' and girls' side. I think the girls, it's a number one versus number two matchup. And then it seems like every you know Tuesday and Friday, you're going to have a pretty good matchup in District 2-3A. No, yeah. Tonight's no difference. You got uh, Wasman versus Madison. You got Carroll versus Union. You got uh, Richwood versus Sterlington. And what Brable continues to do, big week for them. They play Vidalia tonight and then saturday a game against riverside Ooh, that riverside game yeah it's gonna be awesome the whole storyline right now with rabel is can they finish the year unbeaten mm-hmm. and uh richie we'll, we'll end with this text since our show was so uh heavily devoted to morris or orgeron richie says i guess i'll be pulling for an orgeron firing because come next year i'll be the biggest tech fan in north louisiana when they play lsu mm. I think if that happens, I'm pretty confident saying he, he will lose his yes, job. Yes, uh, Great feedback today on the text line. Certainly appreciate it. Coming up tomorrow, we got our doctor's segment. we got uh, Keith Richard for his weekly visit, plus uh, Brooks Store. So we'll have a full show, and, of course, we'll dive back into the NFL ranks. And 
Jake admitted that I was right that uh, no. Chad Morris is a no. better coach than Ed Orgeron. No. So we accomplished a lot today. Hashtag fake news. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll yell at you bright and early tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.